Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. So happy to be here this morning. Are you? Yeah? You're happy to be here this morning? You're awake? Ah, I don't, you're like, wait, wait, I'm happy to be here, but I don't know if I'm awake, okay? Nudge your neighbor, say, wake up, wake up, you better wake up, you better wake up, okay, you better wake up. I know it's cold, too. We're going to rebuke the devil, get this cold out of here. I'm excited about this Sunday. Listen, I'm excited about what God's done here at Elevate Church over the last six years. I can say this, it is nothing short than a miracle. I mean that. Listen, I I need you to understand. (laughs) I was meeting with Pastor Gerard where, you know what, I'm so excited. We're helping another church plant. Isn't that awesome? They came up a few weeks ago. We gave them our trailer. We gave them a bunch of kids stuff. We gave them a bunch of lighting stuff. We gave them a bunch of audio stuff. We packed that trailer and sent them off blessed. Why? Because we are blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. But I remember after they left, me and Jess just kind of looking at each other going, wow, thank God we're not at the beginning anymore. Anybody have that feeling before you're like, thank God we're not at the beginning anymore? And it makes you remember all that God has done and how faithful he has been in his goodness. And you look back and you go, God, that was a miracle. The last six years is nothing short than a miracle of your grace, your goodness, your power, your blessing, your favor upon our lives. And listen, that puts me into a position where I look at 23 and I go, I'm so excited for what God's gonna do next year, okay? Listen, I, look, I, look, we're gonna celebrate Christmas. It's gonna be amazing. You need to invite the world, okay? We got an amazing Christmas production that day. Kids Ministry's got some awesome stuff. You need to bring people, invite people, invite people at dinner, invite people when you go to the coffee shop, invite, invite, invite. And we're gonna celebrate Christmas, okay? But I am looking forward to what God's gonna do next year. I got great anticipation. Look at your neighbor and say anticipation, okay? Say anticipation, okay? How many of you have been watching the World Cup? Anybody seen the World Cup? Okay. A few of you, a few of you, okay. So I was at the barber shop the other day and the World Cup was on. And I'll be honest with you, I don't really know anything about soccer, okay? I'm that guy, okay? Like, I have no idea. The ball is being kicked around and I'm watching it. I'm like, cool, you know? And I'm sitting there and I'm getting my hair cut and I'm like, the score is zero to zero, okay? It's zero to zero. And they're just, like, the ball's just getting kicked all over the field and stuff. And they kept going to shots inside of the stadium with the crowd, okay? And in the crowd, people are like, I mean, people are losing their minds. I mean, they, I mean, they're about to rip each other apart, okay? And I was like, this is crazy. They're cheering for nothing right now. When I was sitting there, the Lord just kind of said to me, he goes, no, you got to have the right perspective. They're anticipating. They're anticipating. There's an anticipation inside of them for what's going to happen. Listen, I believe that this is what the church of Jesus Christ should look like. Come on, come on, listen, listen, listen. Look, I'm just, I I know that we have long weeks and I know we get up early on Sundays and I know that it's cold outside and I know that there's a lot going on in your life. But listen, we serve a God that has no limits. We serve a God that performs miracles. We serve a God that does crazy things in our life. So there should be what? There should be an anticipation. We should be anticipating, man, I'm coming to church. 
I'm expecting to hear God. I'm expecting to see his power. I'm expecting to see a miracle in our life. I'm expecting to see what God's gonna do. And here, I think that's the problem. We have no expectations. We're not anticipating anything. We're just kind of like, well, life will just happen. No, 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 no. We need to walk through this life in faith, believing God that he's gonna do a miracle, amen? Come on, if you're sitting next to your wife, okay, I want you to grab their hand, okay? We're gonna pray. Come on, Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for 23. We call it blessed. We call it blessed. And Father, we have anticipation for what you're going to do in the new year, what you're gonna do in people's homes, you're gonna do in their children, how you're gonna bring children, how you're gonna, you know, bless their job, give them increase, give them new positions, new jobs. God, we thank you, God, for what you're gonna do in 23. I thank you how you're gonna heal people, restore people, renew people. And we thank you, God, that we have an anticipation that we get to be a part of what you're doing in the earth. We love you. We worship you. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and fill this place with your presence. Give us your thoughts and your mind and your understanding today. We love you. We love you. We love you. And everybody agree. Said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give it up for the Lord today. It's going to be a good day. Thank you. Give it up for the worship team. They, are, they were awesome, 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 awesome today. All right, who's got a Bible? Oh, it's your Bible. If you got a Bible, lift it up real high. I want to see my Bible carriers, okay? It's like, it's like carrying a gun, okay? You're good, Will. You're good. Love you. Didn't Will and Stephanie do a great job? Come on, so good, so good. All right, go with me to the book of John. Go with me to the book of John. Um, I'm, I'm gonna share out of a passage that I think um, I'd probably say most of us know. Um, I would say that a lot of people uh, that don't follow Jesus um, has heard about this passage. Um, but I really believe that God's gonna give us all some different perspective uh, today on it. Go with me to John chapter six. We're gonna go to verse five. Um, we'll have it on the screen for you too. Verse five, it says this, as Jesus sat down, he looked and saw a massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill for they wanted to be near him. Why did they wanna be near Jesus? Because you gotta, you gotta get this. When you get away from religion, what, what do I mean by religion? Religion to me is just church going. We're, we're really good in America. I mean, honestly, America's really, really good compared to the rest of the entire world of this style. Like, like going to church is a good thing. We have this idea that like, like I'm a better person if I go to church and I take my family to church. But I think a lot of times that's kind of the end of it. We just go to church and we don't really engage with Jesus, the creator and the author of your life. And, and, and it's just a religious thing that we do. And can I tell you this, religion is boring. It's just boring and it's dead, and it has no life in it. And that's why in America, we will see people go to church for a season, right? And then we will see them what? They'll, we'll see them leave church for season two. Why? Because they're bored. Because why? It's not alive. They're not really engaging and connecting. Did, I don't know if any of you saw, I, I posted a thing on my story this week about how 
we engaged to get ready for Sunday morning. And, and the post basically said this, like, why don't you pray on your way to church? Why don't you bring your Bible to church? Why don't you come to church and during worship sing as loud? You know, like the movie Elf, they're like, when you wanna see joy, you sing loud, you know what I mean? Like, come to church and sing loud. Have an anticipation for what God's gonna do. Listen, God loves your hunger. God loves your hunger. So here's the deal. When, when you come, when you come and you engage, you get to meet Jesus, okay? And when you meet Jesus and you meet his presence and you meet the fullness of who he is, you no longer go, I don't wanna be away from him. You go, I wanna be real close to him. I desire to be close to him. I want to be close to him. These people wanted to be close to Jesus. They knew what religion was. They had tasted the law. They didn't want the law. They wanted what? They wanted the tangible. They wanted the relationship. They wanted to be close. Jesus was wonderful, and he did miraculous wonders. I want to be close to that. I want to see God's power move says this, so he turned to Philip and he said, I need you to get this wording. Where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? It says, where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Now, Jesus already knew what he was about to do. He said, I'm going to stretch Philip's faith. Listen, I think sometimes... When, when God is stretching us and God's stressing, stretching our faith, we look at God and we go, God, this isn't comfortable, this is painful, and I, and I don't like it, right? Because listen, how many of you are over the age of 30? Raise your hand, you're over 30, okay? How many of you know that once you hit 30, stretching, okay, stretching is like, oh God, you stretch in the morning, you're like, oh, Jesus, you're gonna have to use your miracle power to get me back up right now, right? What was the last time you even stretched? You're like, I don't know. I think my whole body would seize up, right? You stretch, and, and sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it doesn't feel real good. But here's the deal. Look, we stretch, why? Because it's necessary. Did you get that? It's necessary for you to stretch. Why? Because it keeps you limber. It keeps your muscles and your joint. It keeps your body limber so that farther down the road you get, you can keep walking, you can keep moving, you can keep going forward. And so here's the deal. We see this with Jesus. Jesus is doing the same thing to Philip in this moment. He's going, I need to stretch his faith because guess what? When I do this, it will be a blessing to him and to everybody he comes into contact with. But I get it. Sometimes it's, it's not, it's painful. Verse seven. So Philip answered, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone a snack, it would cost $1,000 to buy enough food. Now, if we equate that back to that day and time, that $1,000 at that time would have looked like eight months of wages. So he's saying a big statement. Hey, I guess if we collected enough money, if we had enough money, if we had eight months of wages, we could potentially give everybody a snack. But just then, Andrew Peter's brother spoke up and said, look, here's a young person. Other translations, most translations say a young boy. Young boy. You know what I love about that that says a young boy? It means this, that God is never, too, you're never too young to be used by God. But, but can I say this on the verse side? You're never too old to be used by God. If you got breath in your lungs, God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. He wants to use your life, okay? So he says, here's a young person with five barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will that go 
with this huge crowd, verse 10, Jesus said, have everybody sit down in the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people sat down. And really, we're talking about probably 20,000 plus. And I know we have a hard time with this. Jesus, when he, (laughs) I I gotta get you to see this. When he sees the head of the house, men, you are the head of the house. I don't care what culture says right now. And listen, listen, we are pro-women at this church. My wife is gonna preach this year, and if anybody sends me an email, you might as well just leave the church now. I mean this. We believe that God uses women. I'm pro-women. We got women on our staff. We have women on our stage. We believe in this. But men, you are the head of your house. And God sees you as the head of the house. And so when God said, when it says there's 5,000, he says there's 5,000 men with their wives and their children. So there's like 20,000 plus there, okay? Verse 11, Jesus took the barley loaves and the fish and he gave thanks to God. And he gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. I want you to see this. Miraculously, miraculously. In American culture, we wanna take the miraculous out. Why? Because we don't understand it. We wanna quantify everything. We, we want everything to make perfect sense. We want church and God to make this perfect sense. And, and, and we just push out anything that would be different. So God's presence shows up. I have a word of knowledge for somebody. Somebody gets healed. We can't quantify that. We don't understand that. We don't understand the miraculous. So what do we do? We just push it away. But God is a God of miraculous signs and wonders, okay? So miraculously, it says, the food multiplied. That's a good day. I want some bread to multiply this afternoon, okay? With everybody eating as much as they wanted. When everyone was satisfied, Jesus told the disciples, go and gather up the pieces of leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Anything that happens in your life, good or bad, God uses it all. It's not wasted. Verse 13, the disciples filled up 12 baskets of fragments, a basket of leftovers for each disciple. Okay, so here's the deal. We're gonna look at this passage, and I believe this. God is going to give us a recipe, okay? How many of you need some good recipes for Christmas? Christmas cookies, Christmas desserts, right? If any of you feel led by the Holy Spirit to make me Christmas cookies or Christmas desserts, I will receive it, I promise you, okay? With great joy and anticipation, all right? But you need some recipes. I believe that God is going to show us today, I really believe this, we're gonna see this passage in a different way, as a recipe for the miraculous, a recipe for a move of God. Now, here's the deal. I want this. And I've been saying this. And and I'm gonna keep banging this drum and banging this drum and banging this drum until we all get this, this idea that I believe in the last days that the Bible said he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh and that we would see miracles, signs, and wonders. So I'm I'm believing for more because this world needs more. People need to see a church that is alive. People need to see a church where the power of God is moving. People need to see something that is real. So I, I, I want this recipe. Okay, point number one today is this. You gotta bring something. You gotta bring something. Point number one is you gotta bring something. Write it down, write it down. We had some people come to our house for Thanksgiving. We had 28 people at our house on Thanksgiving. A lot of turkey, y'all. A lot of turkey. And here's the deal, this is why I told everybody. We got the turkey, we, we we got all the big stuff, right? But we told everybody else, you gotta bring something. Right, got a lot of people to feed, you gotta bring something. So, you know, Pastor Elena, she brought her awesome mac and cheese. It was so good. 
How many of you love some good old home-fashioned mac and cheese? Oh, man, that would change your life, okay? So she brought mac and cheese. Uh, we have this amazing couple in our church, Lisa and Bren. They're from Australia. Lisa, right there, okay, yeah, yeah. And, and, and they didn't, you know, they're from Australia. They didn't have any family, so I said, we're your family, okay? Come on over, and so they came on over. And Lisa made, I don't even know how to pronounce it or say it. It's in a, huh? Pavlova. She made pavlova. All I can say is this. It is sugar, 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 okay? <laughs> it's just like if you, if you took a whole bag of sugar and made something out of that, that's what she brought. And it was fantastic, okay? It was so good. I was like, give me more sugar, okay? So everybody brought something. Now, here's the deal. God works the same way. I need you to get this. I am not going to allow you to live in immaturity. I'm not gonna raise up an immature church. God calls you to bring something for the miracle, for his power to move. Here's the deal. Jesus will do the heavy lifting. He doesn't need you to do the heavy lifting. Every time he opened his mouth, he was creating people, creating light, the earth, the water, the universe, raising people from the dead. He will do the heavy lifting. He is really good at performing miracles. This is his specialty. He'll do that. So what's our part then? We have to bring him something to use. So here's the deal. We go, God, Change our city. God, you know, heal our marriage. Restore our marriage. God, I want to see my family know you. And when we're crying out, God, I, I want to see these things happen. And God goes, yes, I will perform a miracle. I tell people, never stop believing. There are people in your family you think they'll never give their life to Jesus. Don't ever stop praying for them. Don't ever stop believing. Don't ever stop fighting. Don't ever stop inviting. Don't ever stop. Jesus will do the miracle, but you have to bring him something in faith. You're gonna have to bring him something in faith. When we see God's miracle power, okay, we see the miracle power of Jesus happen when there's a young boy, a little boy, right? And he comes to the Lord in faith and says, you can have my lunch. I'll give you my bread. I'll give you my fish. Now, here's the deal. He could have thought, no, he can't have my lunch because then what am I going to have? <laughs> this is a struggle. We go, God, I can't give you that because if I give you that, then what am I going to have? What am I going to have left? But he said, no, 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 no. You can have my lunch. Listen, we all cheer when I talk about changing the city. We all cheer. We're like, yes, God, I'm so glad I'm a part of a church that wants to see that. I'm so glad that I'm part of a church that is alive. Yes, that's amazing. We all cheer for that. But then when I start talking about our time, our talent, our talent, and our treasure, we all go, mm, I don't know, God, I don't know if I can give you that. And God goes, I thought you wanted to be a part of me changing the city. We all think that God's gonna just supernaturally do it. No, he's gonna do it through you. He's gonna do it through your family. He's gonna do it through your connections. He's gonna do it through your time. He's gonna do it through your talent. He's gonna do it through the finances that you sow into Elevate Church. He's gonna do his part. If what? You'll do your part. I mean, it's the same thing in marriage. We go, man, I want a really, really, really great marriage. But then I get in marriage counseling with people and they go, I don't wanna to die to myself. I wanna blame everything on them. I wanna blame everything on her. I wanna blame everything on him. Nobody wants to take any accountability. Nobody wants to change anything. And God goes, if you'll just give me some faith and if you'll die a little bit, I'll do a miracle and I'll restore your marriage and I'll make you the head and not the tail. You gotta bring something. You gotta bring something that's gonna cost you something. The boy gave Jesus his best. He didn't say, well, I got five loaves and two fish and you can have a half a fish and a quarter of that loaf. 
He said, you can have it all. You can have it all. Point number two is this, God's plan. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. It says, never, get, never doubt God's mighty power at work in you. This is, this, is a, this is a great, great statement. This is something you should chew on. You need to start asking the Holy Spirit, where in the areas of my life am I doubting, doubting the power of God? Where am I doubting the power of God to do something miraculous? He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Now, I'm a visionary, okay? So to me, like my request to God, I mean, like when I see the Bible and, you know, the sun stands still, I'm like, God, I'm believing for the world, okay? I mean, I'm just, I'm just asking God for all kinds of crazy things all the time. And he goes, I'll do more. I'll do more. Man, you guys should be more excited about this. I, listen, th this is the issue. You don't believe it. You just don't believe it. He said, I'll do more than your greatest requests. Your most unbelievable dream. Exceed your wildest imaginations. I got a lot of crazy imaginations, okay? I'll outdo all of them. With his miraculous, what, 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 what did, what did I just read? With his miraculous power. Not with human reasoning, not with the right spreadsheet. Now, all these things help, and, I, and I'm not, you know, not poo-pooing on these things, okay? But what? The miraculous power of God. Listen, our plans are so small compared to what God wants for us. They are so small. We put God in these little tiny boxes. I'll show you right here. It says, so he turned to Philip. Where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? Philip's answer was this. Well, I suppose we could give everybody a snack. Let me show you something here. The first thing is this. Jesus never asked Philip about money. Did you see that? He never talked to him about money. I'm gonna tell you something. God's plans for your life are bigger than your current resource that you have. I promise you, they are bigger than what you currently have. When, when Jess and I and our boys and Pastor Matt, we all moved here, okay? We had $10,000 to start this church. I promise you, it costs more than $10,000 to start a church. You could spend $10,000 at the mall today, okay? God's plan was bigger than what I currently had in my hands. The second thing is this. Jesus never talked about a snack. He wasn't like, where's the snack packs? Even though I love snack packs, okay? they're really tasty. You know? Here's Philip, he's looking at 20,000 people plus, and he can't reason, he can't understand how we're going to provide food for all these people. So he goes, well, I'll give him a snack. Can I say this? Human understanding will never fix brokenness. You know what will? Faith, trust in God and his word and what he says. And that's, that's different than human reasoning. Jesus is testing Philip. What is he testing him with? He wants to see how Philip views his source. Right? So the question is, is Jesus a source? And at that moment, Philip didn't see Jesus as a source. He looked to what? Human reasoning and how much finance they had. Right? He didn't look to Jesus to be the source. So Philip goes, I hope, and here's what's so funny, is when, when I started talking about the great things of God, you go, oh, I hope that happens. That's not faith. 
No, faith is believing in faith that is going to happen. Like, it's going to happen. Like, I, I have full confidence, even though I can't taste it, touch it, feel it, grab it. I know in my heart it's going to happen. Philip, though, he had hope. He was like, maybe we could give them a snack. Now, here's the deal. I'm sorry. I don't want a snack. I'm not going to the restaurant after second service and going, hey, can I get a snack pack? <laughs> right? I'm like, you better bring a full burger and you better bring them tater tots and you better bring that bread, right? I don't want a snack. Who has time for a snack? I want a whole meal, right? I want a whole meal. So what am I saying? I want God's big plan for my life. I don't want the snack size plan for my life. I don't want the dumb trick or treat little Halloween candy size plan for my life. I want the full snicker bar, the rich house plan for my life, okay? Right? I want God's full plan for my life. I, oh, listen. The greatest, the greatest fear of my heart is to get to heaven and God go, I had more. I had more. I had more. You just couldn't believe me for the miraculous. Point number three is this. The boy never lost his lunch. The boy never lost his lunch. I never saw this before. The Lord showed me this the other day. I was like, man, this is so good. We think when the boy gave Jesus his lunch, that he lost it. We think when we give God our time, our talent, and our treasure, we go, God, I, we go, I, I can't serve. I, I just, you don't understand how busy my life is. Right? We go, I, I can't give you my talent because I'm using it in all these other places. I, I can't give you our finances because if I let go of it, I'll lose it. And we go, what will there be for me and my family, right? I mean, let's just be real. Let's just call it what it is. We think when we give it that we're losing it. We think when the boy gave the lunch, he lost his lunch. I need you to see this. So instead of being generous, because I'm going to be really honest with you. That's what the church is called to be. You want to know why? Because that's what Jesus is. And I'll tell you why. He gave his life. He gave his life. He gave everything. Everything for you. So if we're called to be like Jesus, we're called to be like his character and his nature. His character and nature is what? It's generous. But instead of being generous, we become what? We become stingy, like who? The devil. You're like, you just called me the devil, Pastor Jeff? No, I'm sorry. This is why Deuteronomy says, I'll give you the choice between life and death. You choose. I'm not choosing for you. I'm just presenting the facts to you. You get to choose, life or death. Look, the devil is stingy because he goes, I want it all for me. I want all the glory. I want all the stuff. I want all the praise, right? So let me remind you of what the Bible said about that day, okay? This is what the Bible said. Miraculously, the food multiplied with everyone eating as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. When I was growing up, there was a thing, I, I don't think it's a thing anymore, okay? But there was a thing, it was called, it was Kentucky Fried Chicken, they had a buffet. How many of you remember the buffet at Kentucky Fried Chicken, okay? How many of you remember that yellow banana pudding that they had there, okay? <laughs> it was yellow, but it was good, I'm gonna tell you, it was so good, okay? I remember I would go up to the buffet line. I'd grab 10 chicken legs. I'm like, it's, it's my day, right? 
It's my time in the sun. I'll get four things to dessert if I want to, right? And what would you do? You would eat as much as you wanted, and you'd probably throw up afterwards, okay, right? It was unlimited. Let me show you this. When the boy came that day, he had a limited amount of food. I need you to get this. When the boy came that day, he came with a limited amount of food. He had five loaves of bread and two fish. That's a limit. That's a limit. Even if he wanted to eat as much as he could, he couldn't have. It was a limit. But the moment he gave Jesus his five loaves and his two fish, it went from limit to unlimited. It went from a limit to, so we think, oh man, he looked the little boy. He lost his lunch. No, 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 no. He ate as much as he wanted to that day. <laughs> Listen, I, I, if you'll just get this, you think that when you give financially, when you give your time, when you sow into God's kingdom, you think you're losing it, and God's going, you're not losing anything. I own it all, and I keep really, really good records. Listen, I promise you, I was telling somebody about this the other day. There was this season in this time that my wife, Jessica, she was leading worship for a church of 5,000 people, and she didn't get a paycheck for two years, not one. And you go, well, man, I would have been angry. I would have been mad. I would have been frustrated. I would have went and talked to leadership and said, hey, look at all this work that I'm doing. And you know how our perspective was? Our perspective was we are sowing we are sowing into our future. We are sowing into a time. We're sowing into a moment that we haven't received yet, but there will be a day and a time because our God keeps good records and he will supply for us in abundance someday. We had the right perspective. We were sowing. Oh! Worship to me and come on up. Point number four is this. Don't, don't check out on me. Point number four is this. Jesus is the God of multiplication. Verse 11, Jesus looked, took the five barley loaves and the fish and he gave thanks to God. Can I just say there's something about Thanksgiving, just being thankful, just being grateful, Listen, you will, you will experience and see a move of God, the presence of God in ways you never have before when you are thankful, when you're grateful, when you stop looking at your children as a problem, when you start looking at your children as a blessing, you start looking at your daily life as not this, you know, thing that I just have to push through, but you look at it and go, God, thank you for this gift of another day. Come on, somebody. He gave thanks to God. And then he gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Miraculously, the food multiplied. The food multiplied. I'm going to say it again. The food multiplied. With everyone eating as much as they wanted. When everybody was satisfied, Jesus told the disciples, now go and gather up the leftover pieces. Isn't that cool that the food didn't just multiply to feed the people, but that there was leftovers? How many of you love some Thanksgiving leftovers? Love raiding the fridge late at night. It says the disciples filled up 12 baskets. 12 baskets. It says this. One for each one of them. The disciples left with a whole basket for themselves, an entire basket. This is what I love about God. They couldn't even eat and consume a basket. 
Did you see that? If I had a basket of your favorite meal, you couldn't consume it. And they had, the Bible said what? They had already ate as much as they wanted, so they were full. Yet God goes, here you go, an entire basket for each and every one of you. The Lord showed me this. All the disciples, they had left everything to follow Jesus. Everything. They left homes. They had no home. Do you know that? That they had no home? They just followed Jesus on a daily basis. And they just trusted that God would provide for them. They had no home. They left their jobs. They had no security, no secure income. None. They were just following Jesus. They left their families, left the comfort of their mom and their dad and their brothers and their sisters and their aunts and their uncles. They left their family to go follow Jesus through the wilderness sometimes. They left their friends. I'm sure they felt lonely at moments. They left their future security. What kind of job would they have? What kind of life would they have following Jesus? They left everything. You know what I call this? Crazy faith. Crazy faith. Let me quantify crazy faith. Either you're so crazy that you're about to lose everything, or you're so crazy that you're about to see a miracle. <laughs> See, this is the life with God. You know why the life with God is boring? Because you're not stepping out in faith. You know why life with God is just mundane? Because you're not trusting him. You're not believing. You're not stepping out in faith. You're not giving him anything. You're not fighting for anything. You're not believing for anything. So it gets boring. But when you have crazy faith, you're like, man, I want to see a miracle. Now listen, I understand completely how these guys felt. Because when we came six years ago to start this church, it was nothing short than crazy faith. We didn't know any of you. Nobody knew who we were. We had no money. We had no jobs. Our pets' heads were falling off, right? You know what I mean? Like, we, we were in that moment. I promise you. Let me show you this picture. Um, so that's, that's one of my best friends in the world. His name's Brandon Lepley. They, they had sold their house. They had moved from Michigan to here to start this church. And they now are back home in Michigan. But this is this night. I'll never forget. I took this picture because me and Brandon were going through all these finances. We're talking through all this stuff that we needed to start the church. And every time we would go through it and through it and through it and through it, trying to cut things and trying to cut things. But every time we kept getting to this place where we were like, we are $30,000 short. Now go to the next picture. This is crazy faith. We were $30,000 short. We had no idea where the money was gonna come from. We were going to launch our church. I had not ordered any of the equipment yet because we were short of the money. But the Lord told me, send out the flyers. <laughs> send out the flyers. So I'll, I'll, I'll never forget that day. I'm at the post office and I'm looking at all these flyers and I'm like, I don't know what I'm sending these out for because we don't have anything. I don't know how we're going to have service. I don't know how we're going to have our first day. I mean, people might come and we might have church in a parking lot. I don't know. Like, like, but God was like, send them out. You're sending out. <laughs> how many do we send out? I think we sent out like at that time, like 10,000 flyers. You're sending out 10,000 flyers inviting people to something that you can't even take care of right now. You can't provide for. You have no idea how it's going to come together. You can take that down. 
So we're 30,000 short. Now, Brandon had just sold his house. And he had just made $30,000 off the sale of his house. And Brandon had that money in the bank. Why? Because he needed to do what? Like any responsible adult, buy another house for his family, right? But we're $30,000 short. And I remember one day Brandon called me up and he said, we got the $30,000. And I was like, what? I mean, like, I'm like crying, snots coming out of my nose. I'm like, God, you're so good. You're so faithful. I'm like, where did it come from? He goes, from, from us. I go, no, 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 no. I was like, no, 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 you, no, you can't do that. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, like that's for your house. Like, you, you can't do that. He goes, no, 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 no. The Lord told me to do it. The Lord told me to do it. I said this earlier, moves of God take people. They take people. They don't just happen. They take people in faith to go, God, you can have my lunch. You can have it, God. Whatever you wanna do, God, you, you can have it. You can have it. And so Brandon sold $30,000 into Elevate Church. And I'm just here to say, man, he had no idea how God would multiply. He was here this summer. We were celebrating his 40th birthday. We were golfing, hanging out in the golf cart. And he said to me, I just am blown away by what God's doing at Elevate Church. Over the last six years, we've reached over a thousand people. He had no idea. We hadn't reached one person. Not one person. In the last six years, we've reached over a thousand people. Over the last six years, we've baptized over 300 people. Over the last six years, we've provided over one million meals worldwide to feed children and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? Over the last six years, we've had families and students and children come to Jesus. Over the last six years, we've seen marriages restored that were on the edge of divorce. Over the last six years, God has filled up the basket over and 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 over again. Why don't you stand with me? Why was there 12 baskets left over? I'll tell you why. Jesus was teaching them, because of your crazy faith, because you left everything, because this boy, this boy gave me everything, because you left everything, because you trusted me over your emotions, because you did this, he's showing the disciples, because you did this, because you did this, you now get to see and be a part of my miracle working power. Amen? I still believe that God moves in miracle signs and wonders. I still believe that this is the God of the miraculous. I still believe that I serve a God that has no limits. I still believe that I serve the God that nothing is impossible. And we're declaring it in faith. We're speaking it in faith. And then guess what? We bring it to the feet of Jesus and we allow him to do what? Multiply. Multiply. Multiply, multiply. So this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna take up our legacy offering. And you can give either one way. I know a lot of us give online and that's okay. You can scan the QR code behind me. You can take out your phone, scan the code. Otherwise you can grab an envelope in the seat in front of you and you can bring it down and put it in the basket.
23 is going to be a year of miracles. That's what the Lord told me. It's going to be a year of miracles. It's going to be a year of miracles. Listen, I, I said to Pastor Ryan the other day, we're going to three services in January. And I said to him, I said, you know, last year at, at Easter, we had three services and they were like packed from the front to the back last year. And I said, but we're already going to have three services. And I said, what are we going to do? He goes, I don't know. I go, I don't either. We're going to have to see God do a miracle. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. And guys, we're, we're, we're preparing. We're getting ready. January 2nd, Mason, Bridgewater, our corner down here. You're going to see billboards all around our city with Elevate Church on them. January 2nd. Come on, we're reaching. We're going after people. We're going to go grab people. We're going to pull them out of despair. And we're going to show them Jesus. Amen. So I have an anticipation, an excitement in my soul for what God's going to do in 23. Amen? Come on, let's pray over this offering. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for the opportunity to come to you and bring something for you to produce a miracle. We believe in the name of Jesus that 23 is going to be a year of seeing miracles, signs, and wonders. It's going to be a year of seeing the lost come to know you. It's going to be a year of people finding physical healing in our church. It's going to be a year where people's souls and their minds, their marriage, their emotions are healed and restored. It's going to be a year of growth. It's going to be a year of expansion. We believe in the name of Jesus that you are going to put your touch, your blessing, your favor upon Elevate Church and we're going to go rescue this world that is dying and going to hell right now. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sow, invest, believe God for more. We believe that you're the God of the miraculous. We believe that you're the God that multiplies. We believe that you're the God that restores and renews. And so, Father, we give you our best today. We release our best in faith today, trusting you with it. Father, we love you. Jesus, we worship you. We honor you. We thank you for what you're about to do. We love you. We love you. And everybody agrees, said, amen, amen. Can we get real loud for Jesus today? So here's the deal, you can give online or you can come down and give. Either way, it's blessed. Let me pray you out, Father, we love you, we bless you. Lord, I ask you, bless your people as they trust you today. We worship you, we honor you, we praise you, we love you in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. One more time for Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you.